0: Welcome to The Emily Osmond Show, your place to learn how to build a flexible, fulfilling, and financially rewarding business around your life. I'm your host, Emily Osmond, a business coach, top-ranking podcast host, speaker, and new mum based in Melbourne, Australia. With a master of communications, experience coaching close to 1,000 entrepreneurs through my flagship program, The Modern Marketing Collective, and real-life experience building my own business from the ground up, I'm here to help you turn your ideas into reality and share your passions with the world. Click subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And now, let's get into the show. Just what is possible for you when you work full-time in a job, but you have a real itch to do something of your own? In this episode, you're going to hear how Cass Agate did this. She went from being a full-time public servant to now a full-time business owner with her own Squarespace website and brand design business. Cass helps female founders of health and wellness businesses specifically to showcase their expertise through a strategic website and aligned branding. Cass's focus is on meaningful design specifically for the non-corporate types who want something that really reflects a business that they've worked so hard to build. Cass is based in Brisbane, Australia and she works with women across this country and internationally. And in this episode, we discuss how Cass has evolved her business over time, where she started, the types of offerings that she started out with, and how these have evolved and grown and the decisions she made behind those, as well as how she's really figured out who her ideal client is and the process that went behind that, along with niching more heavily and specifically into attracting more of those ideal clients. Cass also shares what that process has looked like from leaving her job to working fully in her business and some of the challenges that she has experienced along the way and also the strategies that she's implemented to help her really set herself up to be productive and happy in her own business. Along with Cass shares two of her biggest tips for those growing their own business. And these are such brilliant ones. I know that you're going to get a lot from them. So without further ado, please allow me to introduce you to Cass Agate. Well, Cass, thank you for joining me today. Thanks, Emily. It's so
1: great to be here.
0: Uh, awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to chat with you and dig into a little bit more about your business. So let's start off with what exactly
1: is that you do? What does your business look like? What do you offer? yeah okay well i am a squarespace web designer for women in health and wellness so i've done a bit of niching and i found this is the area that i really love to work in and it's actually quite a broad area so some of my past clients have included psychologists midwives coaches all the way to things like astrologers and tarot readers which is really cool and yeah i love working in this area because there's such a variety of ways to support people and supporting women's health and wellness so it never gets boring and as well i get to see how much my clients love the work that they do for their clients, which then makes me love what I do even more. So good. And when you get to
0: work with clients that you care about what they're doing and you can see that they care so much about the work that they're doing, it just makes it all really fulfilling, I think, versus, yeah, yeah perhaps people aren't quite as passionate or interested or just doing it for one reason and that's all.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I've really found with this industry that, I mean, I guess that there obviously are a lot of industries where people love what they do, but. Just this one, the health and wellness in particular, you can just really see the passion when people turn up and they do their job and they're just, they're so focused on how they can serve. And I love that. Yeah. So what are your different offers,
0: Cass, in your business? I know that you do some website design. You also have very cool new-ish offering being the templates, but I'll let you explain. Yeah. what What are the different
1: offerings you have? How can people buy from you? Yeah. So my main offering is custom Squarespace website design. So Squarespace is my main focus with all of my services because I find it's just such an easy platform for my clients to use. So other ways that you can work with me, I've just started offering website audits, which I find is a great way for people to get their website where it needs to be, but maybe they've DIY'd in the past and they're just not quite sure what to do next. So the audit's a great way to get some really personalized feedback on things that they can do that will actually make a difference for their website and the goals that they're trying to achieve. I also offer regular website maintenance. So if you have different maintenance needs throughout the month, maybe you need a hand getting some blog posts up there, or if you offer frequent classes, maybe you need help with scheduling, that kind of thing. Like so many different systems roll into a website. Yes, Lots of integrations. Yeah, definitely. I've got a few different tiers of the website maintenance. I also do VIP days, which is basically... A day that I dedicate just to one client and we can work on a set number of things. So one of them might be, they're happy with their website, but maybe they've had a rebrand. So we go in and we fix up all of their colors, all of their branding, pop in their new photos, make sure it's all current. And that way it feels like they've just had this big refresh when really it's the same bones, but they have still got that current feeling, you know, it matches all of their other platforms. And then also one of the supplementary services I've been offering is brand design for mostly for women who are a bit newer in business. So maybe they're not quite ready for the full branding package, but when they're getting their website, they need just a logo, some colors and some direction to make sure it still speaks to their ideal client. So I've really been enjoying kind of melding those ones together there. I bet it's very helpful. Well, essential for you really to do a gorgeous, great
0: website, you need to have the brand colors. And I can imagine if someone comes to you and they're maybe they, well, what's the normal scenario? Would someone come to you, maybe they do have a logo and that's about it, or
1: some of them in terms of when you are offering the brand design? It really varies. It depends so much on how long people have been in business, whether they're a sole trader, whether they've got a physical space. So I find often people that have the physical space are more likely to have been through the full branding process uh, at the start because they'll be getting their big signage done. So they want to have something professional up there. But then others who have started as more of a side hustle, like me, for example, you know, you put together your own logo really quickly and then years down the track, you go, oh, oh, I've grown my business so much and it just no longer fits with where I am. So that's a really good stage where I feel like I can help with that branding along with the website. So good. Okay, Cass. So we've looked at you, you do the audits, the web design, some maintenance,
0: the VIP day where people can just get together with you and get things done.
1: Really makes a big process there. Also, the brand design. What else do you offer? So, I've started offering Squarespace website templates. I'm just about to release a new one. I've just got to do like the background, the how to manual, that kind of thing. So, they're a great option for people who really would like a professional looking website that they're either not ready or they don't have the budget yet for a full custom design. So, that way, at least they'll know that someone's kind of designed in a way that's more close to what they need for their business without having to worry about that full custom aspect. And the great thing about it is it's really easy to swap out your own colors. You can copy and paste your information like into the different text boxes. You can replace photos. So while it's a bit of work, it's quite simple to do. It might just take a bit of time. So yeah, that's something that I've really been enjoying building kind of in the background. I'm so excited to build more and release those ones this year.
0: Yes.
1: And um, what's
0: the idea, I guess, business-wise behind offering the templates in your business?
1: Honestly, I would love to be able to build in a bit of recurring revenue. Maybe not recurring is the right word. Leveraged. Yeah. Passive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, passive, but not quite because there's still a little bit of of manual work involved. Yes. But it's, it's relatively minimal. But I think that having these available where I've spent all of this time up front to create it that then provides so much value for people for that lower price point, which is what I really love. Yeah. I love that, Cass. Super smart. A
0: really good way for you to diversify and look at ways, like you said, it's the work up front, which is what maybe puts a lot of people off. Same as creating a course or creating a membership or whatever it might look like. But once you've done that, then it's it really becomes about the marketing and then getting it in
1: front of the right people that it can help. Yeah. The marketing is the next thing that I'm focusing for the templates because I have changed my niche slightly in the last year or so. So I'm just making sure I get all that background stuff up to scratch first, and then I'm going to really focus on marketing to to my niche now. Awesome. That leads actually really well, Cass, into
0: what I wanted to talk about next, which is how your business has changed over time. What did the business start like? How did it start? When did it start? What does it look like then compared to now?
1: It started quite differently. So I started in 2020 as a virtual assistant. It was a side hustle, I still working. I think it was full-time, five days a week at that point. Yes. And I pretty quickly joined the Modern Marketing Collective. And my first few clients were also members, which was really nice to start building that network.
0: And I didn't even realize some of this until I saw one of our members there branding pop up on their Instagram. And I didn't know it was your brand, like that you had done it. And I was like, oh, I love your brand!
1: it's gorgeous. And she's like, yeah, Cass did it. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm doing some more for her soon too as well. Yeah, so I initially started doing virtual assistant work and some various admin tasks. So creating and tidying up documents, creating PowerPoint templates, Canva templates, and updating websites and different systems related to that. And one of these clients, my very first client from the Modern Marketing Collective, had a Squarespace website that needed updating. So I quickly started diving into the platform so I could really get to know it, so I could help her as best as I could. And I realized how great a platform it was for small businesses. And so I think that was from the middle of 2020. So from then until the end of the year, I just, I dived so much into the platform, trying to work out how I can just get to know everything about it. And I just, I loved it so much that I started looking at the design aspects as well, because I've been pretty creative my whole life, but as a profession, it it never occurred to me to try and bring that into it, which is so strange now that I think about it. But yeah, compared to what I'd been using at the time, which was various other platforms, which I won't go through, Squarespace was just such a breeze. So I started thinking, hey, this could be fun to add on this bit of creative work. Instead of just doing the admin side, maybe I could start helping with the design side. There so many YouTube videos, blog posts, I started getting a real hang of it. And then I eventually joined a Squarespace course to learn the ins and outs of it. That was my first of two paid courses to learn everything I could about Squarespace. I started relearning how to code. Wow. I used to do that as a kid, making my... Oh, really? Yeah. Making my Geocities and Angel Fire website. Oh, oh my gosh, guys. It, it brought back so many memories. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you used to do that. That's really cool. Yeah. I wish I had access to some of them. I tried looking it up the other day using the archive web thing, but obviously I couldn't remember any of the names of the websites. But it would have been so funny. It would have been terrible. (laughs) Such a good circle back though, hey, to what you used to love doing.
0: And now you get to do that for your career. So
1: strange. I would never have guessed. Yeah. And yeah, so after I kind of got my hand into the Squarespace design, I then also started doing some basic branding packages. So a bit of Canva, depending on what my clients were after, because I found that was a really easy way for them to be able to continue working on their brand. So especially a lot of them were Instagram focused. And then, yeah, so when people are ready to move from their DIY logo to something a bit more established, we'll say. Then I started offering that as well, just as that next step up, which I found has been really good to help the businesses grow. Just to that that next level, just help them keep looking professional, being proud to put their name out there instead of kind of hiding away because they're like, oh, I still got my DIY stuff. People aren't going to take me seriously. And it's so funny, Cass, the number of people I speak to and I'm like, oh, do you
0: have, do you have a website? And that, like, oh, I do, but please don't look at it. And they don't want to put it out. Oh, it's not finished or it's just a holding page. So <laughs> it's so important to have a website and to be proud of it and to know that it, it's got current information on there and it's a good representation of your business. Absolutely.
1: And I've heard that so many times and just, I see the comments in Facebook groups and I just think you're paying for this website. Like you're paying that yearly fee, whether anyone can see it or not. And I just think don't you want to be proud of it and have it actually working for your business? But yes, it's it's definitely a big mindset thing I found.
0: Now I'd love to talk about the niche side of things. You mentioned it at the start that you've kind of worked out the group of people, the types of businesses that you love working with. How do you think you arrived at that? What did you go through to be able to find out? How did you choose that? I know that you said that you find it really gives you great diversity. You love the type of work that these people do in the
1: health and wellness space. But anything else you wanted to share around that aspect of niching? I think initially it was a bit of a fluke. There was probably the majority of my first clients in that first year somehow fell into that health and wellness Industry. And I didn't really pick it up at the time. I just thought, oh, these are all great people. They've got great businesses. They love what they do. And I didn't really think anything of it because at that stage, I was so new. I just thought, I just need to work with anyone. I don't want to say to people, no, I can't work with you. So I accepted anyone that wanted to work with me. But the funny thing was, after I thought about it kind of maybe a year and a half, two years in, I was looking back at previous clients, looking at my messaging. I was like, hmm, a lot of these people have something in common here. And it was when I really started to think about, okay, maybe I've got something here and I really need to focus on that. And I found doing that, it let me really narrow in on my messaging and what I wanted to offer and how I wanted to help people. So even though I kind of fell into it kind of accidentally, once I'd realized that I was then able to really leverage that and start working with it instead of just as a fluke. <laughs> So good, Cass. And that's what I recommend and say to people is once you
0: have had some clients, take a look at the clients that you love to work. With. And this is what I did for my business too was, okay, well, let's take a look at the clients I enjoyed working with the most. And then let's find what those common threads are, what the common characteristics or common tre- threads or trends or similarities are between them. Because then once we know that and we're conscious of it... And we can articulate it. Then we can put that into our messaging to attract more people like those that we love working with. And often it is kind of just happens, but then we can play a greater role in being directive of it and more active in in finding more clients like that. Yeah, definitely. So Cass, I would love to chat around. We've looked at how your business started out, how it's evolved over time. How do you make your business work around your life? What is it that you that is important to you outside of business and work and how do you make that work for you?
1: In general, I keep a pretty regular work schedule. I kind of try and set three days a week with pretty standard hours. I found I needed some routine because initially I kind of started just doing whatever whenever I thought I'm my own boss, I can work whenever I need to. And that was great and it worked. But it very quickly became draining. I was like, okay, I need to know this day, I need to do this much work because then I've got more flexible time the rest of the week. So I settled on a nice three days of standard hours. And then depending on the week, one or two weekdays will be really flexible. You know, I can go out to lunch and my wife's not working. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Does she take a day off too? I uh, know. So she's working in hospitality. So she has hours all over the place. So they change week to week. But it's great because now when we do get to go out, it's usually not the weekend because she's working. So everywhere during the week is so much quieter. So we can go out and do things. And it's just, it's such a nice difference. I frequently have no idea what day of the week it is. Exactly. I can resonate. (laughs) But it's it's working really well. So yeah, on days where my wife's not working until later in the day, like maybe a 5 or 6 p.m. start, That day I'll leave open to be able to go out or or even, you know, stay home, watch a movie if we haven't done something like that for a while. Just be really open to moving things around. We'll see family, we know, appointments, life stuff. I know, I'm like, when do people that have full time jobs ever go to like the dentist or get their hair done or whatever it might be? I know. The last few weeks, I've had so many different things like that popping up. And it's been great because I've been, all right, okay, I can schedule this over here. I can move this work over here. I'll do this after hours. <laughs> and then it got me thinking like when I was working five days a week, how did I do anything? <laughs> yeah, I so that one thing I'm really grateful for is being able to be flexible. But I find having the regular, semi-regular hours each week helps me feel like I'm not working 24 seven. Yes, yes. Because it's so easy to slip into that. All, but I've got these things to do because it's my business and I'm the only one in it currently. So I have to do it all the time whenever it pops into my brain. And that's not the case.
0: Now, in terms of, I know when you started the Modern Marketing Collective,
1: you had a full-time job. What's that looking like now? So when I first started my business, I was working five days a week. I think about a year in, I dropped to four days a week, which it was so nice to just be able to have that extra day. I was always told when I'd started that previous role. This is not a role that will work remote. It won't work as part-time. Just put it out of your head. And of course, this is all you know pre-2020, so none of that had entered my mind. I was like, yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah, and then you know, 2020 and world events happened. So that all changed really quickly. And I was like, you know what? I think I can do this job part-time. We worked it out different systems. I think I can do this. So I put forward my business case, and then I could use that extra day To work on my business. And I didn't have to work every weekend, depending on client work I had. Obviously, the busier months. Sure, I'd do an extra day on the weekend or after hours. But it just gave me that little bit more flexibility during the week just to focus on the business, which was great. And then, when was it? June? June 2022. I finished my previous role. So now I'm full-time in my business. Oh my god.
0: This is so huge.
1: Yeah. So it was a really nerve wracking time. I've always been in a, in a similar role. It's always been very, very secure. Never had to worry about my employment, basically, apart from, you know, jumping from a few temp contracts. But in general, it was always just really secure. And then I made this transition to working in my business full time. I was like, oh my God, this is so different. So it took a few months, uh, yeah, two or three months, I think, to really get my head into some new routines and work out how I wanted to structure my weeks and how I wanted to show up for myself. Well, thankfully, I haven't been sick since I've been working in my own business full time, but it's allowed me to kind of now think, right, if I need to take time off or want to have a holiday, I've really got a plan for that because there's no other backup anymore. Huge mindset shifts, but it's been good. And that's
0: the thing There there's pros and cons to everything, hey, and there's yeah. For, it, it, and it depends what your values and what you love the most and what's most important to you and it gives you that flexibility and then there's also the things to consider like okay well yeah holidays how are we going to make that work let's plan around that it's, it's not automatically kind of given and okay see you later colleagues I'm off yep
1: it's very very different that
0: leads me actually Cass I wanted to ask you about
1: the challenges that you've encountered like we all do what have those look like for you The biggest one has definitely been mindset. So there's all the normal challenges when you're new to business and self-employment, like, you know, working out systems and processes, Mm -hmm. but a lot of that can be figured out with Google or YouTube or hiring someone. Hey, yeah, like Google that, but you can't Google mindset. Like you can't fix that
0: with a Google.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Don't get me wrong. I Googled mindset stuff. (laughs) You tried. (laughs) I tried, but there's only so much that reading something is going to get you. So It just takes time, I think. The mindset changes are just, they're harder, whether you're working through it yourself or if you've got a coach. So I had been working with a coach for a while and I had the funniest realization. Most of my fear of putting myself out there wasn't initially about failure. It was actually a fear of success. And because that would mean that, you know, my secure career that I'd had for so long would then have to go. So I'm in a side hustle going, oh, I want my business to be successful, but then I didn't want to put myself out there. I can't remember if we had that discussion or it
0: was with another member, but I've, it's not uncommon because then it means, well, now I, it's
1: kind of maybe decision time. Am I going to be leaving this job? That I think was the scariest part. Like once I'd realized that, I was like, oh, if I keep saying I want to go all in in my business, then I have to go all in on my business. I can't just keep saying it. So strange. But yeah, so that it wasn't a bad thing, but it was just, it took a, a bit of work to get through the mindset stuff. But I mean, it's it's always going to be a work in progress, but that initial one was, yeah, it's it was a bit of a hurdle. It was probably a little unexpected perhaps, because
0: I think we hear often around the fear of failure and putting ourselves out there and what if it doesn't work? But I think it's just as common. I know that I've had discussions with people around the fear of success and, and around what then
1: happens and what might be the implications. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely something that I'd never considered as a possibility. But to hear that other people have those those mindset things as well, those it's I don't want to say it's nice to know because it would be so great if none of us had those issues, we could just get on with it. But I guess it's, it's nice in a way to know that it's not just you, that everyone goes through really similar things, especially if they're moving from something secure to something they're building from the ground up. Absolutely. Cass, let's go to your marketing. How are clients fighting you? What's going well? What
0: are you experimenting with? Talk to us about your marketing.
1: Yeah. So far, Instagram and networking groups have been my most, uh, my greatest marketing tactics. So I was actually looking at all my numbers the other day, comparing all of my different channels. And yeah, Instagram and networking have been the biggest drivers. Google has been a bit as well. But I mean, SEO stuff can take so much time and especially. If If you're like me up until this point you keep changing your messaging so you kind of keep keep ruining your ranking (laughs) but yeah instagram and networking have been really great as well as referrals so previous clients have been a great way to attract new business and it's really nice to know that i've already got a mutual connection when a new client comes my way so it's like some of that trust is already there which is so important in a new relationship Absolutely. I'd love you to expand
0: on Instagram when you say that. Exactly How exactly are you doing that? What's working? Or even a couple of tips for those
1: listening to make it work for them. So most of this, if not all of this, I probably learned from the Modern Marketing Collective. So I really made sure my Instagram bio was clear, who I was serving and how. The clear profile photo, clear call to action, all that kind of thing. I also engage with a lot of people in my niche. Many of them I've been following for years. And I guess just with the industry, I'm really interested in all of the content anyway. So I don't feel like I'm engaging just as part of like a sales process. Like I'm genuinely interested in what they're writing. So like even though I don't have kids at the moment, I have learned so much about pregnancy and parenting and I'm it really going, oh my God, I didn't know this like share. So it's, it's been a great way to start getting to know people. And then when I have had some people come through to come to me through Instagram, they're like, Oh, I've been meaning to reach out to you for years. You've been on my radar, just hasn't been the right time. And so we've already got some of those connections there, which I found is really nice. Mm, I love it when
0: you, it, it's just that realization that it can take a while. Not everyone's immediately ready for what we have to offer, but there's always people that are watching and considering. And maybe like they've said to you, Cass, I've been meaning to do this for ages or I've been wanting to, and it's not been quite the right time or whatever it might be. But it's really nice to know that there's people in our audience and that would love to work with us. And it can take a couple of
1: years for that to happen. And it just really tells me that you have to keep being consistent. Yeah. So, you know, if you drop off Instagram or, you know, pick whichever marketing channel for six months or twelve months and people are kind of scrolling through looking, you'll be like, Oh, well, they're clearly not in business anymore, so we'll scratch them off my potential list. Even if they're not actively looking at that time, they're like, Oh, they've gone out of business. And also just with the consistency just constantly providing value. And it doesn't have to be big things either, just little snippets, the being reciprocal, likes, comments, you know, really engaging properly with the accounts instead of just doing it in like a spammy way, which, you know, we've all seen those accounts and it's, you don't want to be one of them. So just really focusing on those genuine connections is Mm. great. I would love you
0: to expand when you say um, giving value, what does that look like to you? How do you do that
1: through your content? Uh, With my content, I like to provide little tips and tricks specifically with Squarespace, you know, little bits on branding. Like if you do DIY your branding, you know, that's perfectly okay if you're starting, you don't have the budget. So one of my favorite tricks with that is make sure you use a transparent background. Just little things like that to help people get where they need to be, even if they're not quite ready to engage with me in a paid service. I still want to be able to provide value. And that's a mindset thing too, versus I think the flip side of that
0: is, well, I don't want to give too much away. If I show people how to DIY their colors or they're, then they're not going to work with me. Then they're going to be, they're going to go do it themselves. But I think it's not,
1: you talk to me about that. Like what, what's been your mindset around that? That's, it's definitely something that I think a lot of creatives consider at some point or another. But when you really think about it, about who you're serving, there are so many different people out there that will need different parts of what you're offering. So If I want to work with someone in a full custom branding, custom website package, they're not the same person that's going to be happy to go away and DIY. So that person that really wants to DIY, they're not going to be coming to me for that custom package anyway. So there's always going to be different levels of what people want to do. So, you know, that's why I've started offering the templates, website templates because not everyone wants or needs a custom website. Some people just love to be able to get in there and do things themselves. So that way I can still provide that that value, that starting point, but then they can go away and have the fun with it and be able to do that bit themselves. So
0: good. So let's go to, I'd love to hear, Kaz, about your favorite moments in business or the most rewarding things or your biggest wins. What do they look like for you?
1: So I was thinking about this earlier and I think The feedback that I get from my clients is probably my favorite thing of my business, apart from actually getting to do the creative fun stuff. But seeing the feedback that clients send through, whether it's in like little snippets in Instagram DMs or emails or on Google reviews, it's just, I love that feeling of just knowing that people have got something so tangible that you know, is helping them in such a real way. I I just love that feeling. The fact that I've managed to go from a career public servant to being able to design and play and solve problems for women that are just so passionate about the work they do in health and wellness. It's just, I love it. That's definitely my favourite part.
0: So good, Cass. Let's finish up with a couple of last questions. I actually want to ask you around what's the next step for your
1: business? Have you got anything kind of in the pipeline or dreams that you're looking at making happen, the vision, anything coming up? I do. I'm actually in the middle of a rebrand process at the moment. So I've been working under my own name for I think about two years now, which I've really enjoyed as I've been building my business up. But I feel like it's time to create something a little bit bigger so I'm actually working with like a group program mentor type situation and I'm doing this full rebrand process so it's it's really really detailed like this person is an expert in brand strategy so I'm going yeah we're like back to the basics building from the ground up so it's probably going to be a few months in the making but yeah I'm really excited to release a bit more about this in the coming months. Awesome,
0: Cass. I'm looking forward to seeing. And and whenever you listen to this, just know as well, Cass knows her stuff with websites. So <laughs> whatever her new name or new URL for the <laughs> business might be, just know that you can click and it will redirect to yes. the right website. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. We're
1: going to have all of that backend
0: stuff set up. So good. So what's been your biggest learnings or takeaways or results that you've had from the Modern Marketing Collective? Been a member for coming up towards three
1: years. Yeah, it must yes. be. Wow. That's got so quickly. I know. <laughs> that's, oh, wow. Okay. So I think I've got two big ones. Number one, progress over perfection. I'm a lifelong recovery perfectionist. And I often just have to remind myself that sometimes done is better than perfect. And I find that's, that's one of the really great ways to get new offers out there as well. Release something as they call it the minimum viable product. Make sure it's worthwhile and then refine it instead of spending months or years perfecting something and then potentially it not working anyway. Another one is you can't grow what you don't know. So this is really specifically about setting measurable goals and actually tracking progress and then celebrating, you know, when you meet those goals or even if you don't meet the goals, kind of have a bit of a reset, work out why you didn't, whether it was something that you could have done differently or maybe it just wasn't the right time. So you reset set a goal again, and then try again. So I found, yeah, I think those two are probably my biggest takeaways outside of like the technical marketing stuff. I think, yeah, those two are definitely my my biggest learnings. Could you expand, Cass, on that second one in terms of, I love how you said
0: you can't grow what you don't know. What What do you do? What do you, how does that look like for your business? Are you
1: tracking? Yes, I have a big old spreadsheet. I love a good spreadsheet. So I check all sorts of things like uh, website traffic, Instagram reach. I don't really focus on the followers because it fluctuates so much. So I focus more on the reach. Email list subscribers. And I've just set a couple of new goals for how many blog posts and portfolio pieces I want to have. So I'm tracking how many of those I'm uploading per month and seeing if I can meet those goals to make sure I keep working on it and don't just go, I want to do x this year and then just yes forgetting about it and it gets to the end of the year and yeah yeah so really just tracking that that monthly progress and making sure i'm looking at it regularly so monday afternoon is my my tracking time. I go through and update all of my tracking for the previous week. So good.
0: And this is when we can then look at those patterns in our business and also look at, okay, well, I, I was interviewed in that place or I was in that networking group and then I've seen a little jump up in website traffic or whatever it might be. I can see my list has grown and then tracking where the sales are coming from and you're able to tell me well, I know that Instagram and I think it was the, yeah, the networking groups. So your biggest areas that have worked well. So let's double down on them versus adding in five different social
1: media channels. Exactly. And yeah, you just reminded me of also you know tracking sales and where they're coming from and that kind of thing. And then, yeah, we the got a note section as well. So you can note any different marketing things you've done that week to see what the flow and impacts are. And that specifically was something that I learned from you very early on. Yeah. And that's been really helpful. So good, Cass. I'm so happy for you. Where can everyone go to find you, follow you, connect with you? Yes. So I'm on mostly on Instagram. So my Instagram handle is cass.agate. A website, cassagate.com.au. If it changes, you'll still be able to find me because it's all going to go to the same place in the end. Awesome. Thank you so much, Cass, for chatting with me, for being a member.
0: I have loved seeing (laughs) going from a VA. I actually forgot about that. Yeah, it's been a while. Yes, to know what you're doing now. And then amazing to have gone from working in the public service to now out on your own. Amazing. And hasn't been all that long and you're kicking goals, really. So amazing. Thank you so much for being here and for chatting with me.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been so fun to have a chat.
0: tuning in to this episode of The Emily Osmond Show. You'll find my latest free resources and masterclasses at emilyosmond.com forward slash free. And you can start working with me and growing your business today by joining the Modern Marketing Collective. Just go to emilyosmond.com forward slash collective. There is no better time to take action than now. I'll see you in the next episode.